Hi everyone, welcome to After Dark Analysis. On today's Why Is This a Thing, we're going to be doing a viewer request talking about the Wishmaster series. Our journey begins in 1997 with the first Wishmaster film. A demonic djinn attempts to grant its owner three wishes, which will allow him to summon his brethren to Earth. And since this franchise is very similar and the universe tends to play by the same rules, I'm just going to summarize each film and then analyze. We move on to 1999 with Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies. The evil djinn is awakened once more and now must collect 1,001 souls to begin the apocalypse. In 2001, we get Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. The evil djinn is back again and this time wreaking havoc on the students of Illinois' Baxter University. In 2002, we get Wishmaster 4, Prophecy Fulfilled. Lisa owns a boutique and lives with her beloved boyfriend Sam who becomes crippled and very bitter after a motorcycle accident. Sam's lawyer, Stephen, has a crush on Lisa. The Wishmaster possesses Stephen's body and tries to grant three wishes to Lisa to release the Jinn demons and start Armageddon on Earth. Four is also the only one in the franchise I could not get a hold of before recording this episode. Again, they're all very, very similar. So let's start out by defining what exactly a Jinn is. The term jinn can be interpreted as hidden from sight or the hidden ones. In Arabic, jinn defines a collective number and it can be loosely translated to hide or to be hidden, implying that the jinn aren't necessarily spirits, but they are hidden from the human plane in either their status in time, space, or darkness. While the Wishmaster franchise only portrays a male Wishmaster, they can be male or female. They can exist independently, or they can attach themselves to inanimate objects. It was believed the Jinn could attach to precious or semi-precious stones, which we do see references to in Wishmaster, at least in the first and second one, we had that red gemstone that he could come in and out of and was subsequently always trapped back in. Angels, humans, and jinn are three different types of sentient beings created by Allah. The latter is the most mysterious. Information regarding jinn is scarce, but it is said that they have come into being from the smokeless flame, which is an origin story we get in the Wishmaster franchise. And they can be good, evil, or just neutral. Obviously, we're dealing with an evil being because it's a horror movie. Since they are one of the most well-known beings in Islamic tradition, they're mentioned frequently in the Quran and are believed to reside in the voids between a parallel dimension different from the world of humans or any world known. The first depiction of jinn as wishmasters, though, comes from Arabian Nights because contrary to angels, but somewhat similar to humans, jinn enjoy free will so they can make their own choices and supposedly can be judged on Judgment Day. So they can either end up in heaven or hell, again, like humans. So now that we've covered the lore of the Jinn, this film series focuses very heavily on the old saying, be careful what you wish for, or you just might get it. We also see very similar stories to this when we're dealing with monkey's paws. I'm not sure how prevalent that trope is, in other areas, but monkey's paws, you have a severed monkey hand. And each time you make a wish, a finger moves. The problem is each time you make a wish, it also becomes horribly corrupted. Unlike the lore, 
the djinn we follow through all four films is evil. There's no question about it. There's never any question of motives. It is a classic good guy good, bad guy bad. And while much like the legends, they are portrayed as being an incredibly powerful being, there are a few catches through the wish-making process. First being, while they have insane amounts of power, they can only use their power in the service of granting a wish, which upsets the djinn greatly. There's even a point where they are quoted as saying, Do you have any idea how frustrating it is to have unlimited power and only be able to use it when some worm asks you for something? Without his ability to grant wishes, he's damn near useless sans some invulnerability. In regards to the number of wishes, the person that awoke them is the only one that gets three wishes. Everybody else they encounter can get like one free wish because he's not technically under their control, but he does want to grant wishes. The reason being is because at least in the first film, he didn't have to tell you, you were exchanging a wish for your soul. So not only were you getting a horribly corrupted wish, you were losing your soul to eternal damnation because this djinn is very, very much a demon. Also, sometimes these one-off wishes can be viewed almost as a penance for materialism. So the altering of the wish can kind of be seen as karma in a way. A specific example of this is in the first film, Alexandra, our main character, the wishmaster goes to get her address from her boss. He wishes for a million dollars. Since he is not under the boss's control, he's under Alexandra's control. He gets this one off. The problem is an upcoming spoiler, but it's not a huge plot point. He wishes for a million dollars. His mother's on a plane. It crashes. She dies. He gets the life insurance, so yes, he gets a million. But he lost his mother to do so. Since most people see the wishes get corrupted very early in, we don't have to deal with that normal wish question of why don't you just wish for a million wishes? It doesn't really have to be addressed because people see this isn't what they want. He's just going to keep harassing them and torturing their friends and family until they make their third and final wish. On that third and final wish, apocalypse through Jin. There is also a couple of instances where the Jin or Wishmaster offered their controller or mark the person that they were attached to, kind of a freebie wish, so they technically got four. Typically this was to prove a point. The point normally is the djinn cannot do something that would cause death or injury to itself. At one point it's wished that they just blow their brains out. He pulls out a gun, fires, brain matter goes everywhere, but he's still totally fine. He complained it hurts, but he's still more or less good. They either find it out or he tells them, once you get your third, you know, apocalypse time. Typically our protagonist wants to avoid wishing at all costs because they obviously don't want to be responsible for the end times, who really would want to be. But if the person they are attached to fails to keep wishing, they will go after friends, family, and attack and kill them until our protagonist eventually comes around and makes a final wish. This final wish is spoiler warning for pretty much all four of the films. Essentially all four of these films tell about the same story. Little bits and details will change, but for the most part, it stays about the same. Typically the third and final wish is to have whatever incident released the djinn stop existing. They basically hit a massive redo button. Like in the first film, a person working at the museum was drunk on the job. They were driving a forklift. They hit a statue that unleashed the stone, which brought forth Jin. 
so they wish it back to so-and-so had never been drinking on the job that day. The second one revolves around two thieves stealing the gemstone, and in the process of everything, a cop gets shot. At the end, they wish the cop never had gotten shot. This all means the incident that released the djinn never actually happened, so he was never on Earth. Since you can't make the djinn harm itself or just go away, you have to fulfill all three, but at the same time, you want to make sure nothing gets so horribly corrupted that you can't go back. And there are a lot of tragic consequences all throughout this franchise of people wishing for things. And either somebody dies or somebody gets injured, etc, etc. So essentially what this franchise boils down to is a massive morality play about always knowing what you're getting into before you get into it and how deals with the devil are almost never a good idea because that's essentially what they're all making even though they're making it through a demon or djinn or a wish master no matter what you want to call it it's kind of all the same thing because to pull another insanely cliche saying absolute power corrupts absolutely if you had this unlimited power at your fingertips and all you had to say was i wish blank that's an insane amount of power to have and while these people might have the best intentions and the djinn corrupts it, it's always kind of going to go through that filter and change things and the way things happen and the way things work from their expectations. I'd like to thank Melvin Trindall, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, for the request. I hope you like the episode. Again, I'm trying to hit up as many of the viewer requests as I can. I have not forgotten about you guys. If you like what you're hearing, please hit like, comment, subscribe. If you don't like what you're hearing, please leave a comment. Let me know. Thank you.